Hello, entrepreneurs, dreamers, business owners, and happy people with high hopes. Welcome to Cash Flows with your host, Cash Matthews. All right, welcome. Thank you for being here. I am one of those happy people with high hopes, and I hope today that you have a wonderful time joining us here on Cash Flows. My name's Cash Matthews, and we put this show together for you that you might uh, make traction on those goals, those dreams, those things you're trying to improve or those people you're trying to disprove. Uh, This could be a moment for you where you uh, get a little business nugget here. And you know, in the third grade, it was tough for me. I got caught cheating off my neighbor. Uh, They said that that was the wrong thing to do. In my brain, it was the right thing to do because he was smarter than me. And uh, we found out, you know, many years later that it's okay to copy off your neighbors. In fact, that's a preferable attitude towards success and building teams and building up your own business or family. Uh, because after all, when somebody's a little smarter than you, it's okay to emulate. You know, we, yeah. we buy all the other sports athletes' jerseys. Why? We want to be like them. And I just wanted to be like my buddy Joe Mark when I copied off of him. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so that's, that's what we're going to talk about today, copying off your neighbor, finding something that works, and using that as fuel to run after those dreams. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me, Kenneth, that God would give us these beautiful brains and these abilities to think and dream and seek and become, uh, but not give us that same ability to go accomplish those dreams. Mm-hmm. And so I pray that some of this would be for you today that uh, you're able to take the next step. For us, the next step is called Fire, Aim, Ready. And um, all that means is get started, take a chance, move forward. Even if you stumble forward, that's okay as well. We're glad you're here. And before we get on with our show, I would like to introduce you to Mr. Kenneth Bauckham, the producer of 106 of these podcasts so far. Yes, thank you. Hi, my name is Kenneth. All right. I, I guess that was that, it. That was it? That was pretty much it. Yeah. Hey, but no, so so seriously <laughs> though, it has been a lot of fun. I mean, this is number 107 and right. we've had, it's been exciting. Um, but I think for me, the most exciting part is we've had all these opportunities, not only to meet our wonderful guests, right. learn a little bit from them, but we've also got not only their nuggets of wisdom, but also we've heard a little bit from you as well, Cash. And I know that um, today, I mean, I think for me, what I really want to hear about is a little bit more or maybe a reminder about those four necessities of business. Dude, it's my favorite thing to talk about because you can't talk about anything unless you have these things in play. Yeah. You know, a lot of people try to ice the cake before they bake it. And uh, all that means is I caught my wife eating icing the other day in the kitchen. <laughs> and I, you know, can you edit that out? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. I, yeah, I don't know. Do that in post. Um, you know, but there are steps to business and there are yeah. proper steps and there are right steps. And if you don't take them in the right order, man, it just gets messed up. And business is hard. I don't know if you've heard, but business is hard. It is difficult. And so I want to share with you what I believe are the four fundamental building blocks for any business in any city, in any country in the world, and building blocks that anybody can do, and they're free. You don't have to go to a seminar, buy a book, buy a CD. CDs are things that we used to use. They're little round circles <laughs> made of metal, and they make really wonderful coasters for your table. You might see them hanging in your dad's garden to scare off birds. Yes. I mean, I mean yeah. It's the, the, Grandpa's the, garden, whoever. The new version has no idea. Yeah. The trauma yeah. we had having to carry around a boom box yeah. with a CD player. Some of those CDs have AOL printed on the side of them, and they're pretty oh, cool, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I was on the Commodore 64 <laughs> just last week. So <laughs> anyway, let me share those four things yeah. with you. So number one thing you have to have to be in business is you have to be good at something. 
you know, success and business go together, but you got to be good at it, whether it's we're going to talk about insurance tonight um, or baking or making a pie or giving dance lessons. Whatever it is you do, whatever your endeavor is, you must get good at it. Are you good on the first day? I don't think so. You know, unless your unless your business is about like just consuming oxygen, right? You, right. You we're know, pretty good. We're at all that. we're all pretty good. Pretty at that. talented. But if you're not good at your thing, you must make a commitment to get good. Here's how you know if you're good. Grab your checkbook, open it up, and look inside. Look at your bank balance, and it'll tell you precisely if you're any good. If that number is bothersome to you, eh, you kind of suck. Get better. I mean, that's yep. you know, if you can get two percent better a week. Find a mentor, find a tour mentor, uh, go on the YouTube, find some way to get a little bit better at your spoken endeavor, your chosen endeavor. And uh, that's step number one. Step number two, you got to be good at running the business. Look, there's no way around it. People try to find a way around it. You can delegate it away if you got the money and that's cool. You should do that. But you must manage the business. See, maybe you're baking pies for a living and you're really good at it. Go, go into business for yourself. But now you're doing taxes and business planning and tax planning and HR and sweeping the floor and all the other things that you have to do. You must be great at running a business or find somebody who is. It's unavoidable. If your business isn't where you want it to go, step back for a minute and find out, hey, okay, I don't really want to be doing this anyway. But I I liked baking pies and now I'm doing HR. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to be the number one HR genius pie maker. Right. You know, so you got to be good at running your business. Number three, you must be great at marketing yourself. Marketing is real simple. It's letting people know that you exist. You know, to many people, marketing is just a high speed, grab their leg, promote your business any way that you can. And I do not believe in that. Uh, If that's you, if you're a close on the first sale, that didn't sound right. Your clothes on. Right. Okay. Keep your clothes on. Keep your clothes on. If you like to close deals on the first sale, you know, you're going to struggle all your life. You're going to hate yourself. You know, give be nice to people, um, but you got to know how to market yourself in the right way. Marketing is letting people know that you exist. It, it's not the, man, there is no good elevator pitch. All right? There just isn't one. Quit trying to work on it. Meet people where they are. Meet people as humans. You know, they can become a prospect, but you meet them as suspects, and you treat them that way. You got to be good at running your business. You, and you've got to be great at marketing. And we, and we do that through a, a thing called compassionate networking. Number four, don't avoid this. You must have balance in your life. If you're who's who in business, but who's he at home, you're going to fail. And besides, what fun is it to make all that money and have no one to spend it with? That's yep. what I got. Hey, I like it. <clears throat> okay. Well, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. I'm taking one drink. All right. So while cash is reliquidating. <laughs> Getting that drink of water. We have got with us Chris McGowan. Andrew McGowan. Andrew McGowan. Oh, man, I missed it. I had a friend named Chris McGowan. That's how I got messed up. All right. That's his eighth cousin. Hi, Chris, by the way. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the show. Andrew Andrew Christopher McGowan. McGowan. (laughs) I appreciate you. I'm I'm sorry. We'll we'll call you Andrew McGowan the whole rest of the show, but we're we're glad you're here, man. Now, so we met through the the bong thing. Yes, sir. We did. And can you just briefly talk about that experience? Absolutely. And, and yes, like how, what that's done for you. How's the bong been for you? The bong has been great. It was, it started with, uh, getting Facebook. I started an <coughs> insurance company and I knew I needed to network. I knew I needed to market myself. And my mentor told me, look into 
online Facebook groups. Right. And a friend of mine, Cody Friedrich, who's part of the bong as well, right. he recommended the group. And I went to Barnes & Noble to have coffee. And Mr. Bong, Mr. Cash Matthews, showed up and <laughs> bought me some coffee and some cakes. I think we had some cake that day. And he got me plugged in immediately. And it has been excellent. I need to do more one-on-ones. Right. That's uh, what I would encourage everybody is, just like you were saying with your four four boxes, is getting out there and, and marketing yourself and meeting. Yeah, the, mar- one-on-ones are best form of marketing. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And so that's, that's one thing I've learned from the bong is because I'm relatively new to business right. uh, and the insurance industry. Okay. And so getting out there, doing the one-on-ones and meeting people, that's – seen the largest growth I've had so far is right. from members of the bongs or even references. Uh, 1 a.m. getting a notification of somebody looking for insurance. Yeah. That came from the bong. Right. So You never know when they're going to log online. you got to be ready. Yes, sir. We, we do a section on how to give and get a good referral. Yes, sir. Most people don't know. Not many people are teaching it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people have asked me, how did you build this bong group so successfully? And, and the answer is I didn't. Uh, I allowed other people to build with me, and we co-built this. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. you know, we all did it together. But in that process, I did 1,100 one-on-ones in two years. Wow. And everybody says, man, tell me what it takes to be successful. 1,100 one-on-ones in two years. Oh, tell me the other thing. Yeah, tell me the <laughs> thing that's easy that anybody can do. If it's easy and anybody can do it, it's not going to amount to much. Yes, and sir. you just have to be willing to go pay that price. I And I... Like they, they call that work. We've done 107 shows ish. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know, to other people. That's probably work. We've been having a blast. Oh yeah. Um, so you got to find something you're willing to do. And it sounds like through the bong, you've been willing to go do some one-on-ones. Yes, sir. You've met a few people, gotten a few referrals. I mean, we look, we're just trying, we're, we're just begging for compliments basically here. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, so I want to I want to talk about your business and how you. I like to talk about the minute before the business, before you've decided to be an entrepreneur. What were you doing? Yes, sir. Uh, that's a, that's a funny story, actually. Yeah, I want to hear this one. Okay, so I was first of all, I was working at nine to five. Okay, and I was working in a plant, a manufacturing plant. Oh, okay. Uh, chunk and steel. I was a project manager. And it was I, called Chunk and Steel. No, no, no. I oh, was, that's what you were doing. That's what I was doing. Chunk and Steel. Chunk and Steel. <laughs> I was working for a heat exchanger plant yeah. here locally, a mom and pop shop. They were very, very good to me. It was an excellent job. I enjoyed it a lot. Right. But I met I met a man, uh, my mentor, my current mentor right now, and he was like, you belong in the business world. You would do really good yeah. being 1099. You need to be your own boss. Yeah. And so I started down that track, but I was – Doing project management for a steel plant, and I was in the Marine Corps Reserve. So I was kind of doing two things at once, learning learning about life. I was doing that in my 20s. I just now got into my 30s. Okay. Congrats. You made it. I did. And kind of when you hit 30, you kind of wake up a little bit, and you're like, okay, am I where I want to be in life? Right. And fortunately, I met a man in my 20s who got me to where I wanted to be in my 30s. Wow. And now I'm growing from there. Okay. So, yeah. So, the Marines and manufacturing is where I was before I got into insurance. M&M means Marines and manufacturing. Oh. Hey. All right. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, 
so you're 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 working for a steel company, Chunk and Steel. Yes, sir. I mean, we all use that word. That's right, right, right. Um, how long did it take before you're putting that suit on and going out on your own? It took about whenever I'd made up my mind. That was the first thing. Yeah, is I had to get faith in myself. Yeah, and believe that I could do it. Yes, sir. Uh, my mentor told me the first thing you need to do is go out and buy a suit. Didn't even have a suit. Okay. So six. Seven, six to seven months Okay, is how long it took me to launch into it. I went and I had to take my insurance licensing. I've never stepped foot on a college campus to study any higher learning. Right. All I have is a high school diploma. And so right. I went to uh, Barnes & Noble and picked up a Kaplan a, yeah. and just studied away, asked for some help for uh, tutoring, and I passed my life insurance exam on the first try. Wow. And the property took two tries. And well, you wanted to make sure you got it right. It's more complex. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And, and, and don't sweat the public high school diploma. I don't know if you know that stands for PhD. You have a yeah, public high school diploma. And then now you've got an MBA also, massive bank account. So <laughs> yes. no, normally it's MBA first, then PhD, but we do it right. backwards here. <laughs> right. Get your PhD, then your MBA. Absolutely, yes, and, sir. Uh, and anybody anybody can get an MBA, so congratulations on that. Yeah, I appreciate it. So you it. never never went to college. Good for you. Never went to college. I was told I wasn't going to need it, and I believed that I had the ability to succeed if I had faith in myself and I had faith in Christ Jesus, who who I give him all the credit for, for my success. I, I wouldn't be here without it. Right. Yeah, he, I, you know, I, I don't know about intention or unique design. I just knew— I just, I couldn't do it, that I couldn't sit at a desk and wobble around and wait for the lunch hour and have some boss tell me how I was going to live or go on vacation or where my spouse was going to work. I just couldn't do it. Like I, and I knew early, like age eight, that I was never getting a job. And I, I would just kind of look around like, who are these fools? What? <laughs> oh, you have to leave. Oh, you have to leave the house again. How nice. And uh, I mean, so I want to say to you, congratulations for breaking out of that. Not many do. They kind of live in the matrix. Yes, and, sir. And you broke out of it. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, here, here's what we both want to know. Like the night before the first day. <laughs> okay. It's the night before. The first day is tomorrow. What are you thinking? How am I going to make a sale? Okay. The first that- sale. The, the first sale. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So the first the first agency I started was with a company called Horace Mann. Okay. And they were geared towards teachers. Right. And my biggest fear was public speaking. Even worse. Okay. So their whole business model was you go into the schools that you're assigned and you have staff meetings and you talk to all the teachers at once and you buy them lunch. So the first thing was, how am I going to make the first sale? And <laughs> I don't like talking to people. <laughs> And this I, is going poorly. Night one is night. Night one is going. It was. It was. Let me night zero. Actually, night right, zero right. is going poorly for yes. Andrew McGowan. It was. It was going poorly. And then I, I got up. I got dressed. Put on the suit. Went and I realized, hey, if you're friendly to people, and you have some answers for them on the on the product you're trying to to sell, and you know what you're talking about, right? Sales are going to come, right? But it's not going to come immediately. So. I would talk with them and do follow-up meetings, and it became easier and easier as I began to talk to the people, and I began to be relatable with them and understand, hey, I'm asking for your business to take 
your precious assets, your, your house, your car, these things that you rely on. And whenever I'm sitting down and I put it in that perspective of, hey, I'm asking these people to trust me with this, it became a whole lot easier because it put a little bit of responsibility on, on right. myself and on my business and knowing that I need to be organized, have this integrity. And the the fear went away. So it was fear at first. That's yeah. how the first night went was fear. Yeah. And that, w- that went away immediately because once you step out and you start doing something, you realize it is hard, but anything that pays off in life is going to be difficult. Yeah, the easy stuff didn't pay much. Yeah, it, chunk and steel didn't pay all that chunk, much. Chunk and steel didn't pay much. It, it was pretty easy. Was it really? Chunk and steel <laughs> sounds hard. Well, if you have the right tools. So um, day one went okay. Day one went oh, Day one went well. There was no disasters. Okay. There was no disasters. How long did it take for that first client to come along? Two weeks. Dude, that is awesome. Yes, sir. I, I remember my first few months, and I'm like, I stink at this. And uh, people have this opinion of me that's completely false. And I didn't like talking to people. And I just, man, I was just a slow learner. And uh, I, I did some things that are so embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I don't even talk about them. Like, when, when you hear them, you're like, no, no, you, you had a Hollywood script writer write up because nobody could do something that stupid. If we have time at the end, I'll tell you. We Make sure we don't have time at the end. <laughs> oh, okay, deal. <laughs> so what, what kind of personality traits are dominant in the winning circle of what you do? What does it, what does it take, you know, to be a successful person in the insurance industry? Absolutely. Yes, sir. That's a great question. I've kind of already touched on it a little bit, but I would say the, fir- the first one is you need to be relatable. You yeah. need to be relatable and have compassion and empathy for the people you're dealing with. Because in insurance, you're, you're asking for people to trust you to safeguard their, their most precious stuff, their family, yeah. their home, their right. car, and organization. You have to have organization. My mentor always tells me if you can't make your bed and you can't keep your room in order, then your thoughts are in order in disorder right. and if your thoughts are in disorder your business is in disorder and if your business is in disorder your money's in disorder episode 106 just wow. before you that's what we focused on oh, really? yeah she owned a cleaning business and you know that conversation was about hey if your stuff's not in order it's just going to drive you crazy and you feel so good when it's in order and as a as a family guy you feel better when your affairs are in order yes sir so what no tell me the types of products what which lines of work do you specialize in I specialize in life insurance. Okay. I carry, we carry a cash, a cash value, term insurance, just basic term, whole life, any kind of life insurance that you want. IULs, all that. Right. Carry that. And then home insurance and auto insurance. I, okay. I can recommend people for medical insurance, but I don't, I don't. That's touch, a messy business. I don't touch the medical insurance. Yeah. That's nobody. When you get calls, they're never happy. Yeah. You, you don't get happy phone calls. Hey, my deductible hasn't been met. You didn't pay my claim, and I have a disease and a broken toe. Yes, sir. You know, they just, I didn't, we, we had a big medical practice for 20 plus years, giant. And uh, I never got a happy phone call because they expect the claims to be good. Yeah. So they don't call and go, man, that is some excellent claims paying. But it, <laughs> it, it phone rings, and you see it's a client, and you're like, oh, no. Uh, hello, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and that was never the wrong thing to say. So we, we gave that business up a while ago, but good, yeah, good on you. So those are all the basics. Yeah. Now the car industry has been from visually from me, you know a lot of car insurance guys, they seem to be struggling. Is the market changing in some unique way that 
we can't fix? Well, there, there's several factors in the auto insurance right now. With inflate, the the most basic answer is I get this question a lot. People calling me, why did my why did my rates go up? Right. I didn't have an accident. I pay all that inflation. Right. If the cost of goods to fix your car goes up, the insurance is paying out more mm-hmm. in claims, and especially when there's snow on the road and and people in Tulsa run into you at the the red light. Right. Uh, the bumper costs a little bit more now. Yeah, it's like 40% more. Yes, sir. Yeah. So as inflation goes down, you'll probably see your rates go down, but that is out of um, that is out of your hands. That's more of what are what is the uh, the power. dreaded yeah the dreaded word of politics. What's what's yeah. happening in that world? Right. So yeah, my my parents swallow to watch now politics. Oh gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I've been working him over for a few weeks here on the dad jokes. Oh, man. Yeah, but it, it's unfortunate, though. But, you know, policies outside of all our control are dictating the bills we have to pay. And our car insurance went up and our home insurance went up and our medical insurance. You know, medical insurance is not so bad. It's only 2700 a month right now. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. And yeah, uh, Just like half the salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, hey, I got to keep my own doctor. And, uh, but he quit because he couldn't make any money either. So he's my golf buddy now. Um, anyway, did I just get political there for a second? Uh, it, it's possible you were starting to get I am really there. sorry. I don't, I don't want to do that. I, it, I just set it up to have the joke. Uh, so what's, of the jobs you've had in your life, which one's the, uh, you, do you have a favorite? Well, I have two answers to that. The one I'm currently in right now because I'm my own boss. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love that. Absolutely love that. Right. And then the the second the is a tie is is was the military being in really? the okay. being in the Marines when you're so it's like being in the Marines you hate it when you're in there right you absolutely hate it but yeah. when you get unless you unless you're weird and you enjoy it yeah there's, there's some people out there that do you don't enjoy seem it. like you're that guy no but <laughs> when you get out you look back on it with fond memories and yeah. you realize that you did learn a lot and I still have friendships with with guys out. That I was in with, and I'll have those for the rest of my life. And yeah. you learn a lot. And probably some of the funniest stories I have in my life occurred when I was serving in the Marines. It was there was stuff. There was stuff. <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about on a podcast, but there was there was funny stories. Okay, maybe gonna, in a one on one. I think it's time for that. <laughs> I think we. I, I want to hear this. This would be worth it. We're going to take great. a quick studio break and say thanks to one of our sponsors. And uh, let's see who we have today. Hey there, listeners. Before we dive back into today's episode, we've got a special shout out to our amazing sponsors. This podcast is coming to you from the studio at Elevate Coworking. Our signage is provided by CM Customs, and the show features amazing entrepreneurs from the Tulsa Business Owners Networking Group. We're sponsored by MFP, My Financial Plan, on the World Wide Web at joinmfp.com. And this show is produced by the audio video experts at Kenneth Bauckham Photography. With these amazing sponsors at top of mind, let's return to cash flows already in progress. All right, we are with Andrew McGowan, McGowan Insurance Solutions. They do life, cars, homes, and uh, we're going to get back to Andrew here and find out how he built this business. Former Marine who served his country. And now a fine man who's serving the Tulsa community in the uh, financial and insurance business. So, Andrew, we're talking about the favorite job you've had, and you got a goofy smile about the Marines. 
and said we needed to talk offline. So we've turned the cameras on. If you want, if there's one that's really confident, <laughs> pay no attention to the red light there in the video. That's always on. No, we we, we don't want to do that. Um, so what what age were you where you entered the military? That in of itself is a story. But I was 25. Okay, I joined a little bit later. Okay, so that's you had a little maturity going on. Yes, sir. And how long did you serve? I served six years. And then two inactive. Okay. Are you, are you in the, what's a, are you in the reserve? Is there uh, a military? I'm, no, I'm out of the reserve now. I'm completely done with that contract. That, okay. that ended last, that, that ended last year. And then that's what folded into being. Um, yes, sir. Okay. Very, very cool. So if you could go back to age 18 then. And uh, I don't know, how, how old are you now? I'm 31 now. Okay. okay. Wow. All right. That's a good number. That's a good number. It's yeah. almost as good as 32. That's close. These go to 31, though. So we're, but if you could go back to, I mean, 18's a pivotal year. Yes, it was sir. for me. You know, I, I was, you start to form all these things. If you could go back to that, Andrew, what's the number one thing you would tell him? To be humble. Ooh, okay. Were you not humble growing up? No, no, sir. And the other thing I would tell him is be, be quick to listen and slow to speak, is what I would tell him because I was, um, I was brought up right. I was taught. I was in the south. I grew up in the south. I was told, "Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am." Right. And I was instilled with like the values of of a Christian family, but I ignored it all. Okay. And I I got myself into quite a bit of trouble when I was younger. Yeah, we had pulled your record. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> Thank we, God we, it we, got we, it got sealed by a judge. That's what's great about a podcast. You can come in and really get to know somebody. <laughs> right. And people want to do business with people that they know, that they like, and that they trust. And when you share you with people, I think that's the most endearing thing you can yeah. do. You know, that's, uh, and I, so I appreciate you saying that. I mean, yeah, who cares? But it's funny. I mean, y- young guys get in trouble. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, and sir. Uh, so, well, we're glad you're here and that it wasn't a big enough trouble to, you know, occupy the next 14 years of your life. Very thankful for that. So let's talk about people that, you know, we all have mentors. Uh, some are tour mentors. But let's talk about the influential people. This is actually a game I've been playing for like 25 years. Once a year, I meet with my wife and about 10 of my friends. I'm like, who's the most influential, who are the five most influential people in your life? And my answers actually haven't changed in 25 years. They're still the same. And I like, and I evaluate it though. Um, So who who are, let's just go with three. Who are, who are three people that have had a great influence on you? Yes, sir. Well, first and foremost, I believe he's a person. And it's it's Jesus Christ. Amen. That, we're just talking about the past. We're talking about eighteen. Um, in my mid twenties, I was dealing with the fallout of decisions I, I made at eighteen, and Jesus right. Christ is what brought me out of that pit. It okay. was it was a pit. It was a dark place, and that's what. So I give him all the glory, all the credit. Right. He he got me off of drugs and alcohol. And I was highly addicted to that stuff. And so I have to say that is the influence of seeing his grace, seeing his mercy, and seeing his compassion. For, for everyone that it goes across the board. It's he's, he's for everybody in the world. And so I just have to, to give him the honor. And the second most influential person is actually the man who, who introduced me to Jesus Christ. And he's my mentor to this day, my, my business coach, my spiritual father, um, just, he, he's everything that you would expect for a man of God to be. Wow. And he, he's the one who, 
who motivated me to to stop working at nine to five. His name is Mr. Shell, Mr. Brad Shell. Um, he has a he has a business here in Tulsa as well, and he had he taught me. Uh, he was in the military as well, so he connected with me on that level, and he taught me business. He taught me compassion. He taught me how to love people. And out of everything I would have to take away, the main thing that I took away from that is he showed me how to truly love people. And if you love people, they see they see that. And they know that you're being genuine. Sure. And then the third and final one is my father. He uh he allowed me to make my mistakes. He he didn't coddle he didn't coddle me. He allowed me to become a man. And when I was making huge mistakes, he did not enable me. He he let me go by the wayside. But whenever I got my head back on right and I came back to him, I said, hey, I'm getting it together. I need help. He was there to help me. He was there to guide me. He did. He ran a small business for a while and uh, well, actually he still does, but he's pretty much retired. And so he's helped me. He's helped me start the business. Man, he's, that is awesome. Yes, sir. So that, that would be my third one. Yeah. You know, it's a it's amazing how much smarter your dad gets by the time you're 30. <laughs> you, you ever figure that one out? <laughs> Just found, just figured that out at 30. Yeah, that's about when it happened for me. Like you grow up, a, well, you know, however, and you think one thing about your dad. Like, oh, man, what a this or that. But, man, he just kept getting smarter without even trying. Oh, yeah. And you start, and then when I turned 50, I'm like, oh, man. Like he was on to something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pop, I have a thing I want to tell you. I am really sorry. <laughs> it just takes a little while. So does does your dad... I mean, you guys have a great relationship then. We, we do. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's I, I love hearing that more than anything. Money can't buy that. No, sir. Yeah, so well, good on you for that. All right, um, so I'm getting ready to marry my wife. You know, we're driving or we're, we're going somewhere, and I'm like, we're, we're engaged. It's coming. It's happening. We're like three or four months from the wedding, and I realized I had asked very few important questions. Like, you know, do you believe in Bigfoot? Like, you know, I, I hadn't, I, we got married with me not knowing the answer to that. But there was, and we used to do this, hey, what's your five favorite meals? And mine were steak and potatoes in five different versions. And she's like, seriously, like, no, that's it? I'm like, yeah, steak and potato, filet and potato, KC strip and potato. Like, I might do, <laughs> I might do French fries, I might do mashed, I might do baked. But it's, you know, meat, like, how, how, what, how, do you not know how to live? <laughs> so I want to turn that on to you. Yes, sir. And if you could eat one, <laughs> if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, you got one shot at it. What are we going with? Absolutely. So this one's near and dear to my heart. I love this question. My first job ever was I was a chef's assistant. Okay. I, I love food. Love food. We were talking about cheesecake before this started. Oh, okay. But the the food. I, I'm a foodie. Okay. I'm a snob when it comes to this food. It's pizza. Really? I, I can eat oh. pizza for the rest of my life. Wow. Yes. It would be New Haven, Connecticut-style pizza if we wanted to get specific. Wow, that's specific. Any shop there you like the best, we can call them out here, and all eight of our listeners will try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not a shop itself. I just like that style. Okay. what Describe it. I, I'm not familiar. It's, it's, thin, it's a little bit thinner, and it has a crisp to it. Okay, and it's kind of morphed off of New York style a right. little bit, but you know it's new. It's New Haven, Connecticut, so some consider them the pizza capital of the world. I so, may have to go ooh. there. I'm going to take a trip this summer. May end up in that area. Actually, it would be worth a stop. There's there's several of them. So, what's your favorite local joint? My favorite local. Oh my goodness, 
I'm gonna have to go with JC's. Now, where I don't know that one. We we don't go for pizza much. Okay, but where's where's JC's? JC's is down on Thirty First in Peoria. Okay. Yes, sir. And they they have the they have weird hours. I'm gonna say that they do have weird hours. Okay. So far, I haven't tried them all yet, but so far that's my favorite one to go to. Okay, very cool. Well, we're now we're glad to know it. Kenneth, what's your favorite? Do you, are you a pizza guy? I I do enjoy a good pizza, but honestly, I like most of mine homemade. Really? Yeah. 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 What, what do you so, What do you so put my, on it? My current favorite is I go down to uh, one of our bong members, Oki Family Mart. Oh yeah, yeah. Pick up some sourdough bread from a local place, and they make sourdough pizza dough. And then I just boom, put all my favorite toppings on there. Usually meat and cheese, um, stuff like that, and then uh, and then pop it in the oven. Sometimes Carol makes it for me. You know, right. either way. And yeah, enjoy a good pizza. We had a big uh, organizational meeting at my company when we had fifty employees. Oh yeah, and we put up a deal like we did a fancy invite, and on the invite, like we <laughs> we kind of fudged it a little bit, and we put on there the main entree was round Italian, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it didn't go over that great. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're like, yeah, we get dressed up to eat pizza. No, no, right, this is round <laughs> Italian. There's a big difference. I mean, big difference. And then we got on with the meeting, and I probably never answered that so. Anyway, gosh, I think I'm confessing some fun things. All right, we are here today with Andrew McGowan, McGowan Insurance Solutions. You can find him on the Facebook. You can find Andrew on the Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> it's, it's like having your quarterback, but it's it's having a Facebook. No, it's like a soft technology software that you can see somebody from behind and. Oh, that's out. right. Facebook. Oh, yeah. Ah, name that movie. Uh, the, anyway, the other guys. Yeah, uh, that may be it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I'm a movie idiot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't even know where I'm going now. I'm just completely. Well, we were, we were advertising his business um, name and address oh, and right. finding him on Facebook. That's right. You and could, MySpace and, and LimeWire and, and wherever Lime else. Wire. Yeah. You can also find him through email if you'll shoot us an email at cashflows at tulsabong.com. That's our new website. Yep. Uh, you can also find him in the Tulsa Business Owners Networking Group Facebook page as he is a member there as well. Yes, so come and meet Andrew McGowan. You know, and this is one of the things people do that's crazy. I'm, I'm jumping back to insurance again here. Like how long does it take to do a quote to figure out how much you're paying? Depends on the product, but... Yeah, car insurance. I mean, Car how- insurance... You give me all the correct information, five minutes. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's say we're five times as dumb as that, and it takes 25 minutes. <laughs> and you can save them three, 400 bucks a year, or 200 bucks a year, or 1,000 bucks a year. Like, how, it doesn't take that long to do an insurance review. But we get stuck with these people because our parents used them and our grandparents used them. And I, I don't think that's the way to go. I mean, what... What, what is wrong with you people? We, it, it, give Andrew a call. Take 10 minutes of your day and figure out if you can get a better deal. Absolutely. Uh, yes, sir. Am I missing anything? No, sir. Quotes are all free. It doesn't cost anything to, to shop it around. And canceling insurance is a lot easier than people think. Yeah. 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 If you it's have a, to cancel the old and go with the new. It's a phone call. They can cancel yeah. it the same day and they reimburse you. I've always Ooh. encouraged my family to get quality insurance with a quality agent and somebody that will stand with you. Um, my brother's house burned down a week ago tonight. He got his check in the mail yesterday. But, That's excellent. Yeah. He's yeah, got he, good insurance. He, he, yeah. You know, he pays a little bit more for it. Not, not a lot more, a little bit more for it. And, and we had this discussion. 
use an insurance company that's going to take care of you. You, you got to take care of the client when they need it. They're in distress. He is, he is out of the country at the moment. And uh, I'm the one that, I mean, we were at the fire 30 minutes after it started. It's down in my neighborhood. And we got a disaster recovery team out. Do you work with disaster recovery teams when there's a disaster, like who are going to help scrape all the junk away? Do you do any of that? Yes, sir. I have roofers and disaster recovery teams that I coordinate and work with, yeah. and I've found them all in the bong. Oh, very awesome. cool. Oh, well, that's another very cool. Another high five for the bong. I love hearing that. And if you ever need, I'm a big believer. One of our disaster recovery people's, Regina LeBlanc. Fire was, you know, out by about 4 a.m. She's on the property at 7, and she called me and said, hey, I'm, I, I don't care what happens. We're going to tarp it up because we have bad weather coming. We're going to jump on this deal, and we're going to make sure that he's not hurt any further. And uh, later that day, the insurance person actually showed up. Uh, an investigator showed up the next day. Got a check today. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought my brother was joking with me. And I'm like, you have a ch- – yeah, that's – he did. And, and now we're, now we're doing the recovery part and, you know, just, you want those, com- those companies to show up for you. Absolutely. And, and man, did we get, and I'm, and I'm glad you're using people from the bong. Okay. If you could have coffee with just one historical figure and we're going to call it a cash coffee, like four hours. All right. Cause <laughs> if I'm going to coffee with you, I'm digging in like, yeah, don't, don't schedule nothing the rest of the day. We're going to go the distance here. Yeah, coffee, like an hour for coffee, that's yeah, no good. Don't that's be, crazy. Don't, don't be doing that. Um, <laughs> but who, who would your person be? That, that's extremely easy. And I'm going to ask you, too, so you be thinking. Do it. Oh, ex- I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> that's extremely easy, especially with the stipulations you just put on it. With okay, the, with the four forms. hours, yeah. That would be General George S. Patton. Oh, okay. Wow. Absolutely. Yes. He's, I, since being in the military, and I love history. I'm a student of history. He was a student of history. Uh, World War II is my favorite part of history to study it, and he was massively important in it. And I feel like if he had gone – he was a military man his whole life, but I feel like if he had gone into business, he would have absolutely shut it down. Right. He had discipline, and I would just be curious to talk with him about his life, his successes, his failures. And when he was on top, he went all the way down to the bottom, and then he came all the way back up to the top again. Right. I loved his speech where he talked about – you know, the purpose here as a military man is not to die for your country, but to make some other poor soul die for his country. I like how you clean that up. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. And uh, big, but a big fan though. You know, I'm, I'm not going to judge a man for his vocabulary, but I, I am going to. I am going to watch his character, and that's one of my favorite characters as well. And like watching the Patton movie that came out in the '70s, and then the rep- it's amazing. And he says something like. You know you're at war. You, you know it's happening when the bullets are zinging by your head, and only then you can kind of really test your true mm. worth. And wow. I'm like, that guy is just a, he's marvelous. Yes, sir. All right. So you've studied him a little bit. I think he would have been great at business. I, I mean, that, that's a guy that, that I could see working for. So do you have an answer real quick, Kenneth? You know, I do, and now I kind of feel silly about mine, but not blowing smoke at all. I'm just sitting here thinking – if I've got four hours, I want some inspiration. I want some great stories. I'm going to, I'm going to double up. Can oh, I double up on mine? Two and two. I think you can do that. Two and two. And they're bong members. Oh, I'm just saying there's some people that I want to have four hours worth of coffee with. And in spite of being in the studio with cash Matthews for 107 <laughs> hours already, I would do four more with cash and Whoa. Kyle 
Sullivan. All right. That's who I want. That's uh, <laughs> to me, that's the dream team right there. What makes some stuff happen? Okay. Well, I think we're on that team. So congratulations. Thanks it. for having me aboard. Of course. I appreciate that very much. Can you believe that? I, I think that's the best answer I heard this. I evening. mean, I like, I like Patton. That's, that's a wonderful answer. I was like, yeah. Oh man, I got to rethink this. But honestly, the first two names, I was like, boom, right there. All right, man. These I, are the guys. On behalf of Kyle, I appreciate that. On behalf of me, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's we're gonna wrap up here, and then we're gonna get a business nugget from you, a biz bite. A biz bite. We're gonna do a biz bite in a minute. But what's the most important lesson you've learned in your career? You have to have faith in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you either. Right. You have to have faith to step out and and to take a chance, and know that it's gonna work out. You just have to you know keep on pressing through, and that's. That's the biggest lesson I've learned is, is to have faith in myself. What you say about yourself is more important than what anyone else says about you. Yeah, isn't it amazing the number of people we give authority to? And uh, they say the number of people that come to your funeral is based on the weather. <laughs> and, you know, here we are taking advice and believing opinions of people, and they wouldn't even come see our funeral if the weather was not so good. Wow. And, uh, you know, believe in yourself that is an entire podcast, how to believe in yourself. Yes. Uh, I hope we can dig back into that, Kenneth, here in the near future and maybe have you back to talk about that. But when we're born and we are uniquely formed in our mother's womb for purpose and for I know the plans I have for you, not not just the highly pedigreed people, but all of you, for God so loved the world. Yes, sir. Like, I mean, come on. That's got to give you a little bit of a boost. And I think you can take that in a very practical way and go, okay, you know what? I do belong. And I think so many of our friends in the bong, it's, they're not worried about what they are. They're, they're thinking more about what they aren't or what they perceive themselves not to be. But I, I believe we are all meant to do great things and do marvelous things if we want to. And uh, so many people, though, they're, mm. you know, they want to steal second base, but they're going to keep both feet on first. Sorry. And if you're listening tonight, that, that is something to really contemplate, you know, I, I, I think that's one of the most important lessons you're ever going to learn. So we are here today with Andrew McGowan, McGowan Insurance Solutions. We're fixing to do a biz bite. We're going to hear from Andrew one more time about something that I do, it's not even on the script. So what you got? Well, wait, wait, hang on. We got to introduce this appropriately. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this part of our show is biz bites. <laughs> biz, biz bites. Biz, biz, biz bites. That's a good introduction. Yeah, I, there, right? I do. I love that. Slow soupy jazz, ninety four point seven. My my biz bite is going to be because I'm in sales. Right. Is persistence. Ooh, you have to stay persistent. You have to stay persistent with with following up. You have to stay persistent with with completing the quote. They may they may come back and say, "Hey, I need some stuff changed." I didn't like this. Are you able to do better on the deductible and not letting stuff go by the wayside? Stay persistent. Stay on top of your stay on top of your leads. Stay on top of your sales. Stay on top of your claims and everything. You have to persist and stay with it. And they're, your underwriters might come back with something, but have faith that there's a solution there and stay persistent. Don't give up. You know, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to tell you a cool story. The night my wife finally was brave enough to tell me how much she cared for me. She sees it a different way, by the way. That was like the night I talked to her into, you know, being my girlfriend. 
but it was the night she came to her senses. And uh, <laughs> can we not play that part? Wait, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we were, okay, we'll edit that in post. But the night she came to her senses, the night where she, you know, was finally able to admit to me, you know, I was kind of the guy. And uh, her first words were, we were watching The Simpsons, sitting on the floor, eating popcorn. And she said, Cash, you have been painfully persistent. And it may have paid off. And I went, eh. I didn't really do that part, but <laughs> I always wanted to act like I did. I think I fainted. <laughs> but those were her first words. You have been painfully persistent. So when I hear a man of your caliber talking about persistence, and I've enjoyed some of it myself, I know we're on the right track, and that's as good a biz bite as we can have. Thank you so much for being here, Andrew McGowan. Let me read us out of here and just say, hey, that's a wrap for today's show. That's a wrap for 107. Kenneth, I cannot Man. thank you enough for spending time here and uh, not wearing cologne in the booth. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, that's, uh, that is, or body lotions or that's hair right. tonic or anything that's else right. that makes my head swell up to any and that's bigger. been that's been a sacrifice. My hair tonic is uh, something that I, I I hold very closely. But well, you know, tonic <laughs> is tonic. But uh, anyway, thank you for that. This has been something marvelous. You're welcome. So here on out, as we leave this room, and uh, we'll resume these episodes very shortly. But you've got 107 to listen to. Yeah, make sure you tell your friends about it and download some of these today. Let's be nice to each other. Let's make good decisions for our family. And more importantly, let's forgive somebody that absolutely does not deserve it. Forgiveness is not about that other person that wronged you. Forgiveness is you forgiving them so that you can move on. Somebody else's fault, sure. Whose responsibility is it to deal with it? It's yours. So with that, Kenneth, we're going to wrap this show up. Episode number 107, this is Cash Flows. And always remember, this show is for you. That's our show for today. Stay tuned for another riveting edition of Cash Flows. 